You're listening to ClearCast, the real estate fintech podcast by Clear Capital. This is a special minisode recorded live from Blueprint 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so I am very excited to be here today live at the Blueprint 2022 PropTech Conference. And I'm actually joined this time live by my buddy, Jeff Allen and co-host. Wow. Amazing. I made it. I, I Usually he leaves me alone for these things. So, yeah. So he's like, enough of that. I can't keep up with your conference schedule. You go to about 29 a year, I think. <laughs> and I'm capped at, at, at 19. So <laughs> I'm glad I could join for this, this is, one. This is number 19. So the yeah. next one I'm solo. You're on your point. own. Okay, great. <laughs> well, um, well, we're excited to be at, at the booth. And, and uh, I met... Uh, our guest, um, gosh, just a few weeks ago or a month ago yeah. down in Housing SoCal. Renaissance, yeah. That's right, yes. <laughs> but I feel like I've known him for a long time. Um, uh, we have Niles Lichtenstein here today uh, with Nesmint, who's the founder of Nesmint, and uh, so excited to have you on the on the pod. Really uh, excited to be here. And, and it has felt like a long time, even though it's only been a few weeks. You know, you have those people that you just kind of click with and yeah uh, i think it's the bay area native upbringing to yes. things that of, uh, of that nature you know you well, feel like you know someone <laughs> i, I yeah. definitely relate because every minute with keenan feels like a lifetime to me <laughs> <laughs> no wonder i'm like i'm at 20 years now over, over four weeks <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go back to me doing this by myself uh, um so uh yeah so niles welcome to the pod you know really tell us Tell us a little bit, first of all, about how did you get into this crazy prop tech world? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, maybe tell us what what is Nesmint and then give us give us a background. How did you get into that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great to be here at Blueprint. I'm a, a neophyte to the this whole world. Um, so I'm just taking it all in and absorbing as much as possible. Um, so Nesmint is focused on uh, democratizing home buying through co-ownership models. We're starting specifically first targeting millennials. Um, who are co-buying or co-owning second homes, uh, oftentimes either as vacation rentals or places that as families they can get away. And we can talk a little bit more about why those dynamics happened um, and, and why they're playing out in a very interesting way today, uh, despite kind of the craziness of the market in some ways. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that, that makes it even more of a reason why co-ownership models in a lot of ways need to exist. So. Um, I can give a little bit about the story, I guess. Of yeah. The yeah. How'd you, how'd you decide fractional ownership of real estate was your life's work? <laughs> um, I think it actually, it does go back. It, it is inspired by my mom. I, okay. Moms are our great inspiration, but, yeah. um, my brother and I, our father passed when we were much younger. We lived in the, the people's Republic of Berkeley, uh, across the way <laughs> I now live in San Francisco. And, um, which you'll understand why it's an important part of the story. But my mom was an immigrant to the country, didn't have a huge community for support, um, smart and scrappy, but no job. Uh, and the first thing she thought about was how do I, she remembered her upbringing of being in two rooms for 10 people. Like, how do I keep this home? Yeah. And not just the house, but the home for my two sons. Um, so she ended up renting out the bedrooms to UC Berkeley graduate students. So wow. the dinner table was full of Swedish physicists and Taiwanese architects and Nigerian <laughs> math PhDs. And outside of sharing bathrooms, it was pretty fun for the most part. My brother and I look back, we just were talking about it. We look back fondly at that time. But the other really meaningful thing I remembered was her ability to then refinance the house, yeah. which gave her 
um, some time until my brother and I came of age and could help support. And But she was, you know, she found a way to make that happen. Had to go through some really interesting, in some ways, predatory mortgage process. Yeah. Too. So learned about that. And as kind of the older brother, too, I was a 14 year old trying to help her through those processes, yeah. a 13 and 14 year old. Um, so when I made some money in tech about 10 years ago, um, I started actually wanting to co-buy properties that started with multifamily duplexes and triplexes, help other family members who had never had ownership before, um, help family and friends who you had to like have some crazy event in San Francisco to even make it work on yeah. some level. Yeah. And so, um, so it was just really, I, I was passionate about the real estate, but I was also really just passionate about, uh, just working on this and showing friends that in family that there could be a way, you know, to make yeah. this all work. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can, we can talk more about how then it turned into Nestment, which I guess was really around, uh, during the pandemic, maybe like a lot of us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of companies started around that time. <laughs> exactly. And, and, um, and I was working on a few different things. It, it was, it was interesting because that, a lot of innovation happens during these challenging moments. Also part owner of a hair salon downtown and we had to shut that down. And we had one guy building robotic haircuts pre-vaccine and Whoa. then building like modular frames for our, our stylists to take out. So it was just really interesting. But the conversation I seemed to have every week was with friends who were like, hey, we need to see each other when this is all over. Maybe, you know, we're at a stage in our lives, you know, when you're kind of mid thirties, you know, yeah. you're starting to, your professional career is blossoming. Maybe you have your primary, maybe you can't afford your primary because you're in a urban area and it's so expensive. But the conversation about owning second homes started mm. to come up more and more. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I had this experience, I had these models, I had these operating agreements, um, but all the friction was still there that existed. Yeah. Everything from agents not necessarily wanting to deal with groups because they fall apart or um, lenders saying, okay, I'm not sure how we're gonna underwrite this with a group, um, or even just the financial analysis yeah. and all of these databases, you know, we talk about data and so forth, the need mm -hmm. for data to make smart decisions, especially, um, you know, when we're thinking about that. So uh, threw up a landing page actually in 2021 and we just, and some Instagram ads, just cause we always like to test ideas. Yeah. And it was just crazy. All these people signed up, started doing hundreds of interviews with folks and it really, came down to a lot of especially millennial professionals feeling a lot of anxiety about um, home ownership. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what do you think unlocks, you know, this idea of kind of shared home ownership for like the regular person? I mean, there's, you know, there's there's other models out there that are really focused on vacation homes and 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 more kind of, you know, upper end. But what makes this more of a thing where like anyone could could tap into yeah i mean you know we really loved seeing things like picasso come to market because they started people thinking along that path but if you were any one of my peers who ended up going to picasso you're like i cannot afford any of this right and yeah. and we kind of joke that it was like for five percenters to feel like one percenters <laughs> right and, and and um uh but love what they're doing in that that model on, on some level and and but really what it came down to was, so our homes tend to be closer to range from half a million to maybe at the most one and a half, but then there's a group of eight people going in on it together. Gotcha. So really we were kind of looking at where are their price points where, you know, someone who is um, thinking about and saving, I mean, think about, you know, the, the relative savings that someone has, what are the price points people can, can get in 
Um, we also just got concerned because as we've all seen, property prices to median income, you know, continued to just diverge even yeah. more. And even if property prices soften or, or go down slightly, that 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 divergence is so big now, that's not gonna be any different, but now interest rates are rising. Yeah. So you're getting more and more um, of this kind of anxiety around, will I be able? So one of the interesting things down at Housing Renaissance was, you know, we started having really interesting conversations with GSEs and other folks about, could you rethink what home buying, a first time home buyer is? Because if you are, you know, a professional of color, like a big group we have is professionals of color mm. who, you know, they, they some of them don't have a lineage of home buying in their background or yeah. home ownership mm -hmm. in their background. Um, so it's a little easier for them to pull a trigger if they know they're going to be sharing some of those expenses with other people or offsetting with some level of rental income. And they can make that a stepping stone yeah. to getting their primary. Right. Um, and, and that's what we see a lot of. We see there was a New York Times article when your second home is the first one you buy. Hmm. And that's hmm. a, that's a, something that we're, we're definitely focused on, as well as people who've owned primary homes who have talked with their friends for literally years about getting like a second home and that's yeah. kind of their best life. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know how to pull, how to make that happen. And so yeah. we're trying to take friction out of the system to allow. So for what that. I love is your, your tagline on the website, it says Nesmint co-own real estate with your friends. Yeah. It's just <laughs> super simple, straightforward. <laughs> and when you, that, that phrase just to me sounds like fun, like, mm. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm going to own real estate with my friends. Um, so it definitely has a feel like, and you mentioned that millennials seem to be kind of your target market. It makes a lot of sense because there's not a lot of really available, affordable second properties out there. Um, and so for that generation, you know, co-ownership makes a lot of sense. As you think about that group, that demographic being your target market, have you designed the program or the product or experience for their needs specifically? Do you feel like that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that can benefit from co-ownership where I'm into like the last building I co-bought in San Francisco was in Knob Hill. It's a triplex. You see lots of triplexes mm. because it used to be three generations living in one home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I also love the notion of intergenerational home ownership. Yeah. But with everything, as I've heard today at Blueprint, when you're starting a company, you have to kind of, while you have the bigger vision and the North Star, how can this be brought to primary homes? How can this be brought to got to start kind of small and focused so yeah. it is this millennial yeah. audience and what we're finding is i mean the interesting thing are so we're taking that audience we're starting to segment that audience so you know i mentioned professionals of color is is, is a yeah. audience that we like to speak directly to in very relevant ways um actually women in their 30s and 40s hmm. um who want financial freedom i mean a lot of people don't know that women couldn't buy real estate until the mid 70s yeah. right without a male co-signer right and there was a great article in the times about um real estate as self-care for women like that feeling of self-care uh, in fact we actually did a, a couple videos up in um, a co uh a up in dillon beach uh with a, 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 one of the stars of the bachelor <laughs> actually Whoa. recently because she really wants. Keenan, I know you watch that show. Are you familiar with who he's talking about? Is that, is that a is that a show? <laughs> well, because her thing was like she, you know, she didn't end up with the Bachelor at the end, but uh. she was very much like, I want to have financial freedom. I'm not gonna let you know marriage or or that type of thing, you know, yeah. be yeah. the. Um, so 
So yeah, so so the few of the things that we're doing, one is just trying to simplify the language for folks so they can understand. So real estate documents and everything can feel so cryptic. Oh yeah. Um, understanding. So we start with the financial analysis, pulling data from multiple sources to help them think about, you know, realistically, what is this investment that I'm making and how yeah. can it actually play out? Yeah. Um, the second is around legal understanding that actually a lot of things are covered in the operating agreement, right? There's a lot of things that you are nervous about. And we found that people, that was their highest psychological barrier, but also one of the most easy to overcome once you educated people about what could be in an operating agreement and giving them recommended paths. Um, the third is just access to the ecosystem. So connecting with realtors and, um, and in that area who know that area, also telling them and giving them best practices. If the realtor's not getting back to you, it's okay to go with a someone else. Like, yeah, yeah, us yeah. millennials are really sensitive and we want to be really like thoughtful. Well, I took their I time up. Down. I don't want to let, let you down. down. <laughs> that type of thing. And then and then lenders as well. And then, and then helping them through that process. And then we're now building out the post-purchase as well. So yeah. being able to stay with them, um, be able to use something like you, um, Cubby Casa and Clear Capital to help yeah. in that pre-purchase on the appraisal side, but also on the, we were talking a little bit about furnishing yeah. the, the places, especially with second homes, how we can make that easier with having the floor uh, plans and yeah. things like that available. Yeah. Um, and then sticking with them. So later on having a market in which fractional elements can be sold off into a marketplace as well. Yeah. So that's a big, big, big part of what we're doing. Yeah. So. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I, so uh, the other you know question I have about like the own co-own real estate with your friends tagline is that you alluded to it. Sometimes it can go south, right? Relationships might strain, things might get different. How should people think about that? Is it easy to get? Is it easy to get out of it as it is to get into it? Very, very good question. So, um, one of the, the three barriers when we first did all these interviews, the first was psychological, mm -hmm. uh, the second was informational, and third was structural. So we'll go to the psychological because that was like friends, family, money can all get a yeah. little bit, you know, yeah. and we've actually done a lot of interviews with financial planners and folks who do mediation and therapy just Ooh, to understand some nice. best practice. In fact, I'm looking at potentially adding someone to at you least any consulting staff. So yeah, well, because, you know, our, our, our underneath tagline is build wealth yeah. and build community, right? Like yeah. we want this different than just say owning a portion. You know, there's some other great models where you can invest in real estate as an asset class, yeah. like a roof stock or like a maybe a fractional where you own a portion of something, but you never see it, right? Yeah. We really wanted people to have a sense of ownership where they're going there, they're staying there, they're feeling connected, but you could rent it out as well and, and defer costs through some revenue and cash flow. Um, but we help, one, it helps being a third party. So putting it on us versus people, like having us direct the flow of the journey yeah. is a lot easier than the one guy hurting his friends, feeling like, oh, I got to send another email to Bob to get his information into the lender like it's all there on your dashboard people have either put in their information or not it's pretty clear yeah. we're pinging people so we're kind of the bad guy being like hey um the other thing is you want to have these moments of celebration so celebrate when you know what you're pre-approved for right mm, yeah. have these dopamine hits right when it's like i'm looking at this this place i've always wanted the beach house in dillon beach i can now afford it with two other families we can surf we can hang out we can barbecue like there's that, then there's, oh, we're approved for one point, a million dollars altogether. I would have only been approved for 400K or whatever. Yeah. Great, now we're 1.2, we can all afford this. Mm -hmm. Then then it goes to, we've created an LLC. Oh shit, this is getting real, right? <laughs> like, we have an LLC that we can either transfer that into or 
or use a commercial lender to fund. Um, so you try to have these moments of, you know, going on this journey, right? It's, it's kind of a Lord of the Rings-esque. You have these moments of like tough, but you try to celebrate. And then you try to hit people with some insights and best practices. Like what are your fears and concerns? Let's put a certain amount of mortgage into escrow um, as a best practice so that pandemic happens, someone loses their job. You know, you have some protection there. And then when you're getting out, we have a few different areas that, that we can we talk through in the operating agreement. The first is first right of refusal to yeah. the rest of the group. The second is then looking for somebody. So we're actually growing a database of interested people where oh, we'll yeah. match make. So uh, we'll say, oh, there are other people who are similar and we'll match make. And then the third is Nestment is actually, we have a liquidity fund. So we're looking okay. actually at potentially purchasing that share from that person. It might be at a slight, kind of like a little bit of an open door model, a slight discount yeah. Yeah. on that model. Yeah. Um, but, but then it, it creates a, a nice evenness for the group. It allows for people yeah. to exit. So um, so that's kind of how we've been looking at it. Cool. cool. So, you know, last question here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at Blueprint. Anything surprising that you're that you're seeing or, 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 you know, what's kind of the, this is your first time here at the show. So yeah, what's what, what's the vibe? Any any takeaways that you want to vibe check? You want to <laughs> blueprint vibe you check? You want to drop on any nuggets? You want to <laughs> drop? On? Well, I mean, this gets said a lot, and but people are really excited here, and it feels very mm. much like a community. Um, obviously, I wasn't in prop tech as long as you guys have been in prop tech, so I'm sure it was a really really close to community. Mm. But it still feels like it's at its beginning stages, and there's a sense of just excitement and possibility um, that I think really comes across. Um, I think also with a lens towards uh, DEI and, and thinking about, yeah. you know, um, uh, Abby at uh, Misusu talked about it, like the, 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 the fact that, you know, he's one of the few black founded unicorns up there was, was, was interesting and, and women in the, the prop tech space and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, so I've just enjoyed just how open people are to just talking connecting even people where the models might be a little competitive to ours yeah it's been much more of a reception of hey let's talk about it let's let's try to overcome some of these hurdles and and let's just get together right you yeah. know and and uh um yeah i mean friendly co-opetition in yeah. certain instances I love so, it. so yeah loving it so far i'm, I'm looking for the next couple of days Awesome. Right on. Well, in that spirit, thank you for co-opting onto our podcast. <laughs> we appreciate it. And good luck on your journey. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Keenan. I'll be reaching out for uh, support and insight along the way. <laughs> and Keenan needs that therapist phone number. <laughs> yeah, we got you, bro. We got you. We're going to need that. <laughs> Thanks so much.